Art of the Kickstart, episode 47. Welcome to the Art of the Kickstart.com, where entrepreneurs are constantly pushing the envelope to build businesses of greatness. Inventors are innovating and creating the products of the future, and backers stand strong for what they believe. These are some of the great thinkers, inventors, and leaders of our time. Here are their stories. So as a lot of you guys know, I've been doing a lot of Kickstarter and e-commerce consulting and just wanted to kind of share a cool little update. I will be headed out to Chiang Mai, Thailand, hopefully Tuesday, if my visa ever shows up. Just wanted to give you guys a little heads up on new locale. Nothing much will be changing. Podcasts will still be here. There'll still be awesome inventors and entrepreneurs to hear from, but just wanted to let you guys know. And let's get into this episode. Hey guys, welcome to Art of the Kickstart. Today, I'm pretty pumped to have Brian Wynn, the founder of Sharkstopper, the company that's trying to help people everywhere enjoy the ocean safely and just have some fun. Thanks so much for coming today, Brian. No problem, Matt. Thanks for having me. So, Brian, before we get into this interview, what do you live by? Is there a life quote, a success quote, something that people can really learn from you? I'm a sports fan on top of, you know, for my leisure besides doing this. Well, this is sports related, too. You got... You know, snorkeling, you know, surfing. I'm not a surfer, but I do snorkel and water ski and so forth. Uh, one of the quotes I liked is from Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. He said, uh, you miss 100% of the shots on the ones that you don't take. Absolutely. And those are the ones you regret the most. Like People don't regret what they do as much as what they don't do. Just missing out on those opportunities. That's what you're doing. You're taking advantage right now. You're grabbing life by the balls. Well, I, I got to tell you, Matt, it, it, it's so true because there's been statistics thrown out about inventors or entrepreneurs that up to 98% of the people don't fulfill what they want to do. In other words, they give up. And I said this to a friend last week. I said, you know how many great things would be out there if people went and fulfilled their dreams or, or tried to go further with it. A lot of people like myself and invent, and I have many other ideas for inventions, but you know how many people will say, you know, I got this cool idea and I got this thing that could do this or that. And that's it. They don't go any further with it, you know, and that's, that's 98% of the people. And I agree with that number. So there's a lot of, here's a great example of that in about how many things could be out there if people fulfilled their dreams or kept pursuing it. In 1900, the, in, the head of the patent department, I think there were close to almost a million patents at that point, said we should close the patent office because everything that's been invented is pretty much, uh, ha anything that is out there has been invented. Now, can you imagine, he said that in 1900, now we're in 2014 and we have almost, I think, eight, a little over eight million patents now, I'm pretty sure, as of this date. So imagine he shut the patent office down. Uh, if they let him shut it down, what would happen? So what, what I'm getting at is if there's eight million now in 100 years, there's probably going to be 24 million, you know, or more. So people have to pursue their dreams. I, it's not easy. And I know that'll be some follow up questions, but uh, it's, it's good if you could do it. It really is. It's absolutely crazy. There's this book called Die Empty by Todd Henry. And the concept is the richest place in the world is the graveyard for all the people's dreams who were never achieved. They never brought humanity forward. 
It's sad. That's that's very sad. It's so sad. It, it's true. But it's true. you're doing it right now. So Shark Stopper, let's jump into that. We've we've danced around the bubble. So what is this concept? You've talked about the water. You talked about the ocean. We've talked about sharks. Take us through this. Yeah, I have parents that originally lived in New York, where I'm still at in Long Island. I'm surrounded by water, so I've been a water enthusiast my whole life since I'm a little child, and. You know, so I was always interested in the water, but I always had that fear in me, uh, like most people that, you know, when you're in that water, what was that? You know, something hits your foot and the first thing you think of is a shark. And then my parents moved to Florida in 1994 and they moved to an area called Volusia County, which is near, which Daytona Beach is part of and New Smyrna Beach. And those areas are the shark attack capitals of the world. Not for fatalities, for bite and releases. And they would call me all the time and say, wow, these shark problem is huge down here. You know, every other week somebody's getting bit. And I started to think about it. And I was like, this is ridiculous. You know, something needs to be done. So I started to investigate what was out there as far as uh, research on shark repellents. Because my original thought right away was sound. I knew that chemicals were done. I knew even food recipes. Julia Child in the 1940s, one of the famous chefs, was asked to create some concoction to square, scare away sharks with uh, an odorous type food concoction. That didn't work, obviously, because, you know, current will take that away. And for many other reasons. Chemical repellents have been tried again, but you get environmental issues, especially now, and a current problem. I always thought and I proved it right, that sound is a good way to repel sharks. Sound is also an attractant to sharks, so you have to be careful what type of sound you use. Certain sounds attract sharks as far as uh, injured prey, when they're flapping their wings like birds on, on the top of uh, water. Sharks will pick that up and know that's something for you know a meal. It's If you take an empty uh, bottle, plastic bottle, and hold it under the water if you're on a boat, and squeeze that a few times, that has attracted sharks. So there's many different sounds that attract sharks. My goal was to find something that would repel sharks. And it took many field tests and many trials of different modulations and frequencies before I hit on something that started to work consistently. And that sound, while it worked, I still was getting not what I wanted. I mean, it was getting good results, but there was something I still wanted to, you know, add. I call it my own Coca-Cola recipe. And what it was, was I did some research, what other additional research went into sound. And in the 1970s, some scientists had used orca sounds or killer whale sounds. So I did that sound alone and I wasn't getting the, the result that I wanted. But when I combined it with my frequency, it was like the perfect recipe. So I have those two sounds in, in, in one frequency and it's an amazing result that I that I encountered. I tested it against bull sharks, great whites, lemons, tiger sharks, black tips. I mean over about 15 different species of sharks and it just worked every time in every locale that I went to. That's so cool and it's it's like the the shark week story. You you this is the kind of thing you would see on TV. People using they're out there in the fields testing it. How do you Know once it's ready. And follow-up question to that. You mentioned orca sounds. Personally, I don't like sharks, but at the same time, I wouldn't really want a killer whale coming either. How do you prevent the mating call? Well, 
Uh, and let me preface my my sound when I said orca sounds. It's not just any orca sound. It's a particular orca sound. Now, I don't want to get into giving my proprietary research away, but, you know, there are many different orca sounds. There are different pods. So this particular orca sound was the one that really worked. I tried different ones that didn't work. So that that's important to say because it's pretty impressive, this particular. It's I'll say this. It's a pod of orcas in the and it was recorded in the pacific ocean so i'm going to leave it at that and what was the follow-up question i'm sorry so you're doing this and it's basically this is completely research-based you're going in you're testing you're experimenting and you're seeing what happens how do you do that as an inventor and really make that into like a physical product something that's ready for market well yeah there's a lot entailed to it and that's why this project can be many years to do because there were many field tests that had to be conducted at different locations that took funding and most of the funding has been my own money i've had i have spent over three hundred thousand dollars of my own money probably more at this point in this project and that's something that can be a deterrent to a lot of inventors and i understand that but i've gotten to the point i got to the point of the no return almost i was getting the success that i needed to get and i had to see it through and you know while that can you have to be careful. That can put a strain on a relationship, a marriage, a family. You have to have support. And I've had that support, luckily. But that's just a, a word of caution to different inventors. I, want, I don't want to say go out and pursue your dream at any cost. There's a certain point in, in your, uh, in your uh, research or you know, whatever you're doing that you, you, do, you should pull the plug. I'm an advocate of that, too. Actually, Shark Tank talks about that a lot on their show. You know, these guys are very blunt, the so-called sharks on that show. They're very blunt about to certain people that, listen, you got to give it up. And I know that can be harsh because you're squashing somebody's dream. But in the same respect, you might be saving that person a lot of money and time and maybe a relationship or two, you know? Oh, and I I know you had asked about how do you do all that? That was just one part. There's so much entailed and so much I've done. Uh, I'll try to do it in pieces for you here. And then the other thing, after proving that the sound worked on different species of sharks at different locations, at di- you know, different oceans and, and, and seas and so forth and bays, we had to then take that product, which was a bigger prototype, and reduce it to a miniature size that a person could wear. And that person, as small as a child, would have to wear it and as large as a heavy set adult male, you know, 300 pounds, let's say, and you got a child who might be 40 pounds. So, you know, they, we had our work cut out for us. Luckily, technology has moved along with us where electronics have been miniaturized. Speakers have reduced, but their power ha- output has increased. So time has hurt me in one aspect, you know, just a matter of frustration, but time has also helped me from a technology standpoint. And I went through different variations of prototypes until I hit that right prototype and now we're at the point where we're making five pre-production models that are going to be delivered to me within a week or so. And once I test those for water tightness and decibel level, we, went, we will then order a full run of our first product, the personal shark repellent, which will be out in early 2015. So you mentioned Shark Tank earlier and how they would crucify you. And I do think Kevin O'Leary, those guys would have massive questions. 
I, I got to be honest with you, I did it. Uh, season one, they didn't air it because I declined the offer from Damon. You Oh, you, oh man, if they had aired it, that would have been uh, I know. It was, it was 2009. I, I don't know if you can show that. I, well, you sure you can. I was on the show. You can put this on the podcast. Put, that, you want put to- that on your campaign page. Put put that somewhere. Um, a lot of you've got as featured on. I would put I would put something about Shark Tank on there. Just because okay. so many people seem to know Shark Tank. No, that'd be great. Even though I wasn't on, I was I was taped for it. So I, legally I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, that's cool. All right. That would yeah, that would be that I was on Pitchman though. You were with on- Anthony Sullivan and Billy Mays. Okay. Oh yeah, that was a show. Mace, that yeah. they, they did show. So uh What is your plan in terms of taking this to market, obviously with crowdfunding, where do you see this going long-term as a business? Well, with crowdfunding, the hope was that with crowdfunding, like every Kickstarter or Indigo person that gets involved in, in their campaigns, you hope that uh-huh. it catches a wave, I say, like the like the cooler uh, that just broke an all-time record and raised over $13 million, I believe. Everybody has those aspirations and dreams. And while that's like hitting the lottery, a lot of times that's not realistic. Most camp, I wouldn't say most, uh, I, I actually have to be factual. Most campaigns do fail. I think the success rate is about 43%. And that's not bad. That's pretty good. But you have to have reality in mind also. So while you hope to catch that wave, you have to be cognizant of that you're not going to reach the amount of money that you need. And you have to be prepared to take other avenues. And I've been taking those other avenues. I've had investors in the sideline waiting to invest because they're very excited about this product, about its potential and markability. And while the crowdfunding money can also help. So it's it's a combination of both, unless you're the cooler people and then you could actually, you don't need anybody, you could do it yourself and hire the people you need. So that that's how you do it. Yeah, he absolutely killed it. We're having him on, on the podcast and pretty soon we've been in talks with him. Can't wait for that. Yeah, but that'd be interesting. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can quote. Don't quote me on this, but I was told that they did fail their first time out. They did, and no worries. We're actually recording you, so we got you. But I can take it off if you want. So I want to jump into the launch round now. How's that sound, Brian? Okay. Welcome to the launch round, where we take our guests through a series of rapid-fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. So first question, Brian, how do you become an inventor? I, I think part of it, part of being an inventor has to be in you. You have to have a personality where you are a risk taker, because if you're not a risk taker, there's a high likelihood that you won't proceed further than, hey, I got this great idea. So you've, you've got to be a risk taker. I absolutely love that. I, I mean, that's one of the things I could go on. But, it, you know, if you want short, quick answers, that's, that's a good that's a good answer. I like that. Yeah. Next question for you. Mentors can be huge in changing people's lives. Has there been anything that someone's told you that's really altered your career or life path? Yeah, there has. There was a mentor. It was a friend of mine that started a business. It was a computer business. And he taught me the ropes of business about growing a business, about branding yourself, branding, marketing. That's very crucial in today's world. And it's easier in today's world because of the social media that's available to people now. 
You just have to use it the right way. So you're a wearables technology kind of guy, it looks like. You're making something to stop sharks. Where do you see wearables going in the future? I feel like it's blowing up. Yes, you know, but things go in trends. You know, while it could be, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to stay trendy and that, that, that line is just going to keep going up. But you have to be prepared when the line doesn't go up. And you have to take uh, precautions for that. Like, in other words, when I build this business, initially I'm going to be selling the product from the internet. As the business grows, I'll move out to distributorships and brick and mortar stores, you know, surf shops, dive shops, places like that. But I'm going to move slowly. I think that's a safe way to go. If the demand increases, you know, I'll meet it and I'll bring people on as necessary. But to grow too fast can be detrimental. So you have to be careful how you move forward. Yeah, that's the big challenge with the cooler guys and stuff like that. Just going crazy. Well, they have the funding and they could, you know, go hog wild and get themselves in trouble. If they are cautious and, and careful with that money, they could have a dynamite product and or and or products to come. Kid with an adult's body. And yeah. <laughs> ne- next question for you, Brian. So this is a show about Kickstarter. This is a show about invention. Have there been any crowdfunding products out there that have really they've really motivated you? They really pumped you up to get into Kickstarter and crowdfunding? It's obvious. We just spoke about it because mine is out now. It launched August 15th. And prior to that, I I didn't know about the cooler. I just like the venue to raise money. I I, I thought it was a great, a great avenue to raise money. I love the idea of, you know, people contributing to a product just because they love it and they want to be part of something special that's really it. And then when the cooler came out of probably about a month before mine, that really motivated me as it, I'm sure applications for Kickstarter and Indigo have probably went crazy since the cooler. Oh, absolutely. And last question of the launch round, have there been any business books or books in general that have really influenced your life? You know, to be honest with you, I watch a lot of movies, uh, inspirational movies like the Steve Jobs movie. There was just one with, uh, Ashton Kusher, there was also a show on AMC, uh, I think it was Catch the Fire, with Lee Pace was the actor about a computer company down in Texas that was computing, competing with the big boys. They just finished their first season. I read a lot of periodicals, magazines, uh, you know, Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, stuff like that. But I really, I got to be honest with you, Matt, I haven't had the time to read a book. I re- that's how busy it's been. And when you're trying to start a company, I, I know you need time for yourself. I, I just, you know, right now I can. I know in the future, hopefully when this thing takes off, I can sit back and read a couple of good books. It is absolutely crazy. And for you and the audience out there, if you go to artofthekickstart.com slash audible, you can get a free audiobook. So what I do, I always listen to those while I'm in the car. It helps me listen to some great stuff. But That's a great idea. It really is. I, maybe I should be doing more of that. I'm on Creativity Inc. right now, the story of Pixar, and it's absolutely amazing. So inspirational. Really? Okay, good. But now I want to jump back into you guys, into the business. So Shark Stopper, you've been doing this for a couple of years. You've had successes. You've had failures. I want to talk mistakes now. What have you learned from what you've been doing over your, the years of research trying to build the business that you would change or do differently, things other people can avoid? Well, there was a critical point in 2009. I had a product ready. It isn't the product I have today. It, today, I feel, is a much better product. It's more advanced. But 
here's the problem. When we hit the recession in 2008, that's another reason for the stall with my project amongst the field testing and miniaturization and, you know, all that stuff. The financial crisis hurt a lot of people very bad, especially startup companies. You know, you couldn't raise money. I did the the dog and pony show with the angels and, you know, I was all over. Every A lot of people liked the product. Many people did and had questions. I think they were afraid of it because, you know, it's, it's something new and unique. And, you know, these angels, a lot of them are used to, you know, software companies and traditional things that they're used to investing in. And this kind of scared them a little. Even though the margins, I you know, my business business plan shows great margins. And uh, it's not just one product I'm presenting. I have multi-products uh, down the line that I plan to release. So that in itself was a challenge. But when I had that first product ready in about 2009, I was going to release a limited run. And I suggest to anybody out there, anybody with a business starting up, I would say do it. I was talked out of it for a number of reasons. Somebody was saying, what if you get really hot and you can't fulfill orders and blah, blah, blah. I would say do it anyway, because what people look for, especially investors, is traction. When you're when you're trying to raise money, they want to see sales, even if it's limited sales. But if you did limited sales in a short amount of time, that can be extremely positive. And that is a regret I have. I wish I had gone through with my initial instinct and released that other product. Yeah, Kickstarter can be great to show that traction if you want to raise more money. It's a great kickstart into raising more. It, it, it's great. It really is because it shows that you've done things as far as uh, marketing. You've actually, people have bought your product online, you know, so it, it is really good. And last question for you, Brian, you've been an awesome guest. I want you to share one piece of advice with inventors, entrepreneurs, people that want to do something amazing in the world and just haven't gotten there yet. What would you tell them? I would say go for it. Uh, like I said earlier in the interview, I would say Give it a shot. Don't give up so early and be afraid. I, I think fear is the biggest factor of most inventors or people wanting to, wanting to start a business. It's fear. Test the waters. You can get a provisional patent for not that much money. You lock on to that for a year and it protects you for a year while you investigate your chances out there. You, you, know, you look into your marketability. Uh, how are you going to build this? Is it going to be functional? at a good price where you're going to be able to make profit and your distributors are going to make a profit. So you have that year to do that research and it, and it also protects you. So that's my biggest advice I'd give to uh, uh, startups or inventors. Absolutely. Provisional patents, like a hundred bucks. Just go for it, guys. It, it definitely do it. And you've been great. Thank you so much for coming on today, Brian. But I got to give you a chance now. Pitch Shark, pitch shark Stopper. Why should people check out your campaign? Where are you guys at? And just go for it. Okay. I think Sharkstopper is, when it's released next year, is going to be one of the hot new products for 2015. And why is it so hot? This is going to not only help people from getting shark attacks, it's going to help the sharks. We have a second product right behind the first one that is for the commercial fishing industry. It's just like the little one, except it's it's bigger. And why it helps the sharks is a lot of sharks get caught in those fishing nets. They get caught on those long lines and they die a horrible death. And our unit would be deployed uh, at intervals to keep the sharks away from the long lines and the nets. We're also going to string them around beaches to protect beaches. So I, it's a win-win. It's a wonderful thing. We need the sharks in the water to keep the balance. 
they've gotten a bad rap since Jaws. I, I don't think Peter eventually meant that to happen, but uh, it, it's really done a lot of harm to them. And we, we want to change that perception. And I think Sharkstopper will change that perception. And I, I really appreciate it if you go and check out my Kickstarter campaign. Just go to kickstarter.com where you see search products. Just put Sharkstopper in and make a little donation. If you can't afford to buy a product, whatever you could afford, there's some nice rewards there. So I'd appreciate it very much. Thank you. Guys, snap them up before they're gone. Pun intended. This is a great product. <laughs> awesome guy. Check them out. Thank you so much for coming on today, Brian. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Art of the Kickstart, where we believe makers, inventors, and entrepreneurs are changing the world and bringing humanity forward into the future. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and it's been a pleasure guiding you through this journey of creation and innovation. I hope you're inspired by this and check out artofthekickstart.com to get more information and tactics to help you launch your own business, product, and dreams.